welcome to the Academy of General Dentistry podcast series featuring Dr. George Schmidt. Each episode features experts in the field of dentistry who share insights and inspiration to help you succeed. Let's get started. Welcome back. And we've got an exciting guest today for you, T-Bone. Hey, T-Bone, how are you? Dude, I'm doing better than I deserve. There you go. So for those that don't know, Tarun T-Bone Agarwal, he really needs almost no introduction. Uh, but uh, since we have him here, we'll do that. Uh, he's a practicing dentist at Raleigh Dental Arts in Raleigh, North Carolina. He's the founder of 3D Dentists, a nationally known personality, a speaker, an author, an innovator, an educator, a podcaster, and just an amazing all-around clinician. And we're so happy to have him on the on the program with us today. And, you know, T-Bone, I've been a big fan of yours for more than 20 years, stretching all the way back to when you and Sam were running the dental town back in Las <laughs> Vegas. And, um, you know, I was always a big CE junkie and doing the full-day course and the half-day course and things like that. But I've got a really short attention span. And the format that you had back there was the first time I had seen that where we have, you know, shorter blocks of education and we and we got to pick different things like that. And when I saw that, those short segments, that was absolutely fantastic to me. And right then and there, I realized that you had the pulse of dental education and CE. And I never forgot that over these last 20 years. Um, and so I appreciate that. But tell me a little bit about your journey from all the way back then into where you are right now. Well, thank you, George, for that compliment and that amazing introduction. I'll I'll be sure to send you a $100 bill for that uh, kindness of yours. Um, you know, uh, I think, you know, you know to me, um, speaking to the townie meeting, the dental town meeting, I think what really helped me there was that I was, quite frankly, I was just pretty naive and, and dumb, to not use a better word there, in that, I only I didn't have any biases or I didn't have any bad habits, and when we when we set out to build that meeting, I did it from a perspective of what would I like as the attendee, and that was the most important thing. And frankly, probably one of the most important decisions I ever made was building it around what I would like to see as an attendee. And for me, sometimes those two three hour classes, while they're great if it's a little bit of a dud or if it's something you're not interested in, then you're, you've wasted two, three hours of your time. So I'd rather have these 50 minute programs where if I do like somebody or I do like something, then I can choose to dive in deeper with them through another event or maybe at that same event or through their own events. And so, you know, that, that dental town meeting was an amazing springboard for me. And I'm, I'm sure Samir would say the same thing as well is, is that it gave us a lot of, uh, opportunity to expand what we do and it also gave us a lot of love and love for providing ce because the dental industry even to this day is full of a lot of ce that's not really addressing the core problem that we dentists face and so you know that led to doing more speaking which led to being out on the road 25 to 30 times a year and then when you start raising a family and you have kids, uh, that becomes a hindrance there. Uh, and then when you're entrepreneurial in spirit like me, I'm like, why am I going out for X dollars when I can bring people, hopefully bring people to me for X plus dollars. And then then when I, I, I thrive on engaging with people and really getting to know them and really kind of diving into what's going on in their lives and their practice. So for me, that's what really led to 3D Dentists 
was that ability to have control uh, and the convenience of having it close to me on my time and my schedule. So, you know, that's been the journey. The journey has always been, for me, I, I focus on the money last. Um, I, I'm a big believer that if you do things well and you do things right, uh, the money will show up when when it's time and ready. But I try to focus on the dentist first uh, and, and making sure that we address the challenges that dentists are facing. And for me, that part was relatively easy because, you know, I, I'm, I was or am, am a full-time practicing dentist, and now I'm a part-time practicing dentist, but I'm a full-time business owner. Uh, so I, I understand these challenges, you know, like from my challenges, my first two years in, in practice, almost going bankrupt, from the challenge of 2008 uh, with the Great Recession, almost going bankrupt there, from the challenge of 2012, from coming out of that and then bringing in an associate and understanding the challenges of that, to the challenges of of 2020 from the unknown. Uh, you know, I've lived all these challenges and continue to live these challenges. And and so it gives me a, a, a real good in the trenches perspective. And that's kind of what guides me and, and has been the journey along the way um, to help get me to where I'm at. Absolutely. And it's, it's, it's really obvious that, you know, you, you, as you pointed out, you, you've kind of been to the school of hard knocks, but all of what has occurred uh, really, really, really plays out in, in everything that you do today. And, but one of the things we'll talk about some of the things that you just mentioned, but you know, one of the other things that occurred to me that early on was that you understood the value of a network. And, and we have that here mm -hmm. at the AGD, of course, but you understood the value of the network with dental town and things like that. Mm -hmm. So talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah. So, you know, look, you know, if, if anybody asks a hundred successful dentists and we all define success very differently, or we should define success very differently, there'll be a common theme in all of that. Uh, they don't practice quote unquote alone. Uh, not that they're with another practitioner, but they have a support group of peers, whether that's local, whether that's national. And most of those best peers have come through their CE events where they've met like-minded individuals and they've gravitated towards a personality or a different, different personalities and they've kept in touch. Because here's the truth, you know, let's say I, I live in Raleigh, North Carolina. There's probably, let's say there's 800 to 1,000 dentists in our metro area. You know, of the 1,000 dentists, there's probably 50 to 100 that I would connect with on a deep basis that share the same goals and passions of me. And and for me, getting that together was harder than finding the the same number of people out of town was actually easier for me through my educational events. Uh, so, and that's what the AGD is. It's a national organization that tries to put like-minded dentists together that are interested in having successful, highly clinically excellent practices but also want to define success in multiple ways, whether that's, hey, I do great dentistry, whether that's, hey, I make a lot of money or, hey, hey, I, I own multiple practices or, hey, you know, I, I work less than I than I the others because I'm focused on running a great business. Uh, so, you know, we, we try the goal of any organized dentistry to it should be to serve their community and to provide a framework for people to connect together. So, so much of where I've come to is directly related to um, the people I've chosen to surround myself with. And the vast majority of the people dental wise have all come from 
uh, national meetings and national organizations where I've met people. Absolutely. So important. And you know, t you talked a little bit before about core problems. You mentioned core <clears throat> problems. So, so I'm going to read this. This is actually your mission statement from 3D Dentists. And I'm going to read it. So it is to help overwhelmed and frustrated dentists by simplifying the clinical and business sides of dentistry so you can succeed in practice and in life. And it goes on to say that 60% of dentists feel burned out, stressed, or both. 34% of dentists are financially or, or, or not financially secure or are financially insecure. 70% of dentists feel they don't have enough time to spend with family. And over 50% say they felt stressed on a daily basis. And we all know these folks. They're, they're amongst us uh, and we are friends with many of them. So what do you tell, what do you tell these people? Well, first I would say that I fit in all of those categories. <laughs> Maybe not the financial freedom part of it. Uh, I've been very fortunate in that, but I have a lot to say about that. Um, but, you know, he, here's what I would tell people. Um, number one, you're not alone. Uh, you're not a failure. Um, and most people lie. I mean, they, they lie about how much they do, how much they make, how great their stuff is. You know, so they lie about those things. Uh, and, you know, the, the other thing I would say to that is, and this is kind of my big passion right now is, in fact, we named our podcast Dentistry Made Simple, um, is that dentistry does not have to be complicated. In fact, I would argue the simpler we make it, the better we do. You know, this whole concept that you have to be a CEO or you have to have this mentality, I, I don't think applies to the average typical dentist that runs a their own shop. In fact, in fact, if we actually think about it, there, there's um, four stages uh, that we that one goes through. One is is we can have a job in dentistry that would be be an associate. Uh, number two, we can be self-employed, uh, which is what most dentists are, by the way. If you're a solo practitioner, you don't technically own a business; you own a job. You're self-employed. Uh, number three, you become a business owner, uh, and that's kind of where I'm at right now. And a, a business owner means that, hey, if I left the building or left the reservation for a few weeks for any number of reasons, the practice would continue to roll because we have multiple providers. And then we become an investor, and that may mean that we take our capital that we earn either as an associate, as a self-employed dentist, or as a business owner, we then use that money, that we take that capital to then invest it to have our money make money for us. Uh, and, and so that's that's kind of what I, what I want to make, move people to is I want to help people move down that journey. So if you're an associate, I want to help you get your practice started. You know, if you're a, a solo practitioner, I want to help you get to where you own a business because you have multiple practitioners with you. And then those of you that have multiple practitioners and you own a business and along the way, I want to, I want to help uh, not, I don't I don't do any investing myself, but I want to help you understand the importance of creating capital so that you can invest in your future so that you don't have to necessarily work uh, as long or as hard or as stressed out uh, as most of us are doing. And, and so that that is, you know, if I put it even simpler, uh, our job, my job, as I look at it, is to help dentists optimize their business for revenue growth and enjoyment and enjoyment means lots of things to lots of people but enjoyment almost always doesn't come without some form of revenue growth along the way 
Absolutely, T-Bone. Absolutely. And so really that, that lines up with some of the tenets that you believe in teach, right? So I guess yeah. what you're saying is that the pinnacle or the top is to replace yourself. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, there. without question. Without question. And replacing yourself is, is so, you know, it's so amazing, George. And you've been, you dated yourself by saying how long you've, you've known me. So, so, you know, when we started, like I started dentistry in 1999, I graduated dental school and and my understanding at that time was that general dentists basically did fillings and crowns and bridges. And we occasionally took out a tooth and every once in a while we did an anterior root canal. And, you know, the concept of replace yourself is so dramatically different in 2023 than it was in 1999. And what I would even say today, uh, replace yourself is if I were to drill that down a little bit more, I would say replace your revenue. And, and so we live in a time now where replacing yourself as a dentist doesn't always mean bringing on another dentist. Uh, that could actually mean uh, giving up some of your clinical work to an assistant or a dental auxiliary. You know, we live in a world where, uh, you know, and orthodontists have known this for years, where the vast majority of orthodontic work is done by the auxiliary. You know, whether that's placing the brackets and certainly with the clear liners, even more so. And we live in a world where you can replace your revenue by expanding your clear liner practice uh, or your orthodontic practice and have it have it almost under supervision, of course, have it run by a dental auxiliary or an assistant. Uh, we also live in a world in my practice where where we have a a bustling sleep apnea, dental sleep medicine practice which is run, it's a store within a store, which is run by my longtime assistant, Liz. And so, you know, replace yourself, you know, one is, yes, I, I, I want you to replace yourself as the dentist because, you know, the challenges dentists we face is if we're in a skiing accident or any type of accident and something happens to your right or left hand, we're screwed, you know? And, and so that, that to me was the importance of replacing yourself. In the beginning, it was about the dentist. But then it became about replacing the revenue and understanding that dentists aren't the only one and shouldn't be the only ones that can drive revenue in their practices. And 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 by the way, uh, hygienists are as equally capable of running a clear aligner uh, a store within a store, running a sleep apnea store within a store, or you know I you know we have treatment coordinators and my my best treatment coordinator, my most tenured treatment coordinator is my former hygienist. Uh, and, you know, their their job is to make sure that we uh, fill our schedule with the right type of procedures. So replacing yourself is the first step to going from being self-employed to having a business. Uh, and, and so that is one of our key tenets uh, is to learn how to replace yourself. And, and more importantly, to understand that you've got to replace yourself if we want to compete, uh, compete in the world of 2023 and beyond. Absolutely. And I'm so glad you brought that up because a lot of dentists, especially the younger dentists, don't realize that until you get to that level, as you said, you don't really own your practice. You just own your job. That's really mm -hmm. all you have until you can reach until you can reach that next level. And, you know, Tim, in a lot of what you talked about is is really sort of embedded in the curriculum of 3D dentists. We're going to get to mm -hmm. that in a couple of minutes. Sure. Um, but one of the things while we're on tenants is is you've often been known to say slow down until you speed mm -hmm. up what do you mean by yeah. that yeah you know um i learned this when i uh learned how to drive a, a a fast car once is that when you go into a curve 
uh, before you get to the straightaway, you actually slow down and then you speed up uh, through the curve to hit the straightaway. And, and so, you you know, he, he, here's the challenge. Uh, here, here's the real challenge that we're facing with this stuff is we go to a CE event. We know that we need to do something different. And then we get hit in the face Monday morning and everything we learned or everything we're trying to implement goes flying out the window. And so every major growth spurt I've had in my practice and for the most part in my life has been preceded by a period of slowing down. Now, for me, slowing down wasn't going backwards. Slowing down was plateauing. So in other words, I hit a growth, I plateaued, I kind of, I, I stuck it out for six months, nine months, a year, sometimes a little bit more. And then that plateau allowed us to really get really good at what we just implemented. And then we we got so good at it that we were ready for the next thing versus trying to implement five things at once. We literally implemented one thing a year. So my first 12 years in practice was all about implementing one thing very well each year. And then, and then now over the last 10 years, I've dove in very deep into implant dentistry and we've implemented one, one, you know, one philosophy of implant dentistry over the last 10 years uh, each year. But that's what I mean by slowing down. And, and if you don't mind, uh, I think there's four, four key things uh, in that slow down to speed up phase. Number one, and the most important thing uh, I ever did was I established a foundational case acceptance journey for our patients. I understood that no matter what I learned clinically, if I didn't have a way to make it easy for patients to accept that care, I was going to never do that type of dentistry. And so many dentists have forgotten uh, to, to have a foundational case acceptance process and to revisit and relearn and rewatch that case acceptance process every year. It's like me, I watch Star Wars every year and I learn something new each time I do it, but it's the same, it's still the same darn Star Wars that I watched in 1979 or 1983 or whenever I watched it. Number two is we have to invest in our leadership skills and leadership starts with yourself. You can't lead others until you learn to lead yourself. And leading yourself is about understanding what you're trying to be, what you're trying to accomplish, what outcome you're trying to create, what you want to be known for in your community and in your world. Uh, the third thing is we, we've got to know the score, okay? In other words, you know, imagine playing a basketball game or a football game or a lacrosse game and there's no scoreboard and at the end of the, at the, end of the 60 minutes, you're just told who won. And, and that's how we run our practices. Now, I don't think our scoreboard needs to be complicated. Like if we think about the scoreboard on a football game is literally time left score, right? It doesn't have to be this ticker tape, this ticker parade of all the different things. And we've, we've again, coming back to that, we've made things complicated. And then the fourth thing is from day one, we have to focus on financial flexibility. And and this is probably the biggest mistake I made in dentistry was that I didn't save one dollar for my first ten years in practice. Now I had, I I had been lucky that I reinvested a lot into myself into my practice, but I had nothing saved, not one dollar saved, my first ten years in practice. So we have to have financial flexibility because financial flexibility is important uh, because it 
finances shapes the decisions that we make and the, you know, and whether we live in what I call scarcity mentality, uh, you know, whether we're living in survival mode or not. So we want to have, we want to start building financial flexibility. That doesn't mean we have to have financial flexibility. We just have to have the discipline to start creating financial flexibility along the way. So those are kind of the four key principles that I focus on in the slow down to speed up phase. And and the most, and, and this is, and I mean this sincerely, I revisit those four things time over time, over time, over time. It's it's not a linear process where you master this and you move on to the next thing. You will always come back to those four things because we are always growing our practices. Wow, that's that's really some some tremendous advice and really insight into you know all the things that have made you who you are. So so T Bone, I know that three D dentists uh, <laughs> there's you have a curriculum, and I'm going to talk yep. about that in a minute. But I kind of want to jump ahead because you also have sort of an immersive experience at your yep. retreat, and I'm assuming at your retreat, a lot of what you just talked about leadership and these things that's what goes on there. Yeah, you know, I, I'd like to look like the ego in me wants to say that all that stuff goes on wherever I'm at, right? But, um, you know, the retreat was uh, a a idea that was born in 2005, when I was a very young dentist. Uh, I was very fortunate, 2004, maybe even, I was very fortunate, along with Samir, I was very fortunate to be invited to a a key opinion leader event by Ivan Clark Vivident. Uh, and it was held in uh, Orlando, Florida. And they had everybody stay in these four bedroom townhouses that were four of them were connected together. So there'd be 16, 16 people essentially staying together. And what I noticed then was that the amazing networking and learning happened after 5 PM when we all got together uh, and hung out in quote unquote, our house, our dormitory, if, if you will. And we played cards, we just hung out and, you know, we had, you know, in that situation, we had 16 people staying together, you know, all with our own beds, of course, and all, you know, it wasn't co-ed, um, you know, and we just learned and, and I was able to go around and, and meet 15 other individuals and get different insights from them. And so I always knew uh, how important that experience was for me. And one of my goals was to recreate that experience uh, in my own educational process. I and mean, kind of going back to what I said at the beginning, I've always built the education around how I wanted the education to be, not around what was the best business or what way it made the most money. It was all about the experience. How, how did I want to experience it? Uh, so in 2020, uh, 2021, sorry, uh, we were able to, uh, uh, a property became available here in Raleigh. That's 10 acres that has a, uh, that has a, uh, 12 beds in it and has an attached, uh, it was, it was a air conditioned garage. That was a 15 car garage, uh, that we've turned into our education center. And, and it's really, uh, become quite amazing. Uh, the experience is pretty amazing. Now, obviously we can, we put more than 12 people in our classes, but 12 people can stay on site and the rest of them stay in a hotel about two, three miles down the road. Uh, and 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 the it's amazing the learning that goes on and it comes back to that you know you're the average of the five people you hang out with and my goal is to put five amazing people around you so that you can up your game uh, to create an environment where you can learn along the way you can rehash 
things that were talked about during the educational side. But then you can connect with people on a personal level, whether that's, you know, the, the, I'm not into duck hunting, but last class we had here, some guys were into duck hunting. They were talking about duck hunting till two in the morning, you know, and, and if you want to go to bed at 10 o'clock, you can go to bed at 10 o'clock. You know, it, it's, it just gives you freedom and flexibility to put you in an environment that we just don't get. And, and for me, I, I love education. I loved taking education. What I disliked about the CE process in my experience was I would go to a class at five o'clock, I'd be alone, I'd sit in the hotel room, I'd order room service and I'd go to bed at eight o'clock at night and I was alone. And, and you know, obviously when I had friends or we took CE together, which is what I always encourage people to do is to have a CE buddy, then that was different. And I always noticed that that experience was way better than the experience when I went alone. So I want to make CE where you don't have to be alone when you take it. Fantastic. And and thank you for creating that, that venue, if you would. So how does that, do you run that a number of times a year? Is it, is it every time yeah. you run a course? How, how does that work? Uh, so we have two train, we have two education centers. Uh, we have one here in Raleigh, North Carolina, which all the events in Raleigh are held at the retreat. And then we have an education center in Nashville, which is held at my business partner's uh, dental practice, Dr. Sully Sullivan and Sullivan Dental Partners. Uh, and so we have uh, programs there. So every time we do a program here in Raleigh, the retreat is a component of it. We try to focus our, our events here in Raleigh around events where the retreat really shines. So that will be our business programs, our live patient implant programs, uh, things where they're more than just a, a overnight class, where they're two, three, four, five-day programs. Uh, so we try to run all of those in Raleigh, and then we try to do our two-day events, you know, where it's really about the, just really about the clinical education and, you know, really hitting that hard and fast. We try to run those in Nashville. Speaking of Nashville, you have a summit coming up there, don't you? Oh, yeah. We're so excited. You know, uh, it's kind of, I'm, you know, I'm not trying to say I'm trying to restart uh, the dental town meeting, but it's kind of that same concept. Uh, you know, I, I want to get our alumni group and our community together. I want to create a space. I I think I think uh, I think dental meetings are broken. Uh, I don't, you know I don't want to get into the politics of all of this stuff, but I think the concept of dental meetings are broken, and I would like to uh, I would like to reoffer a new opportunity for dental meetings to be different. Uh, our, our event this year, and by the way, we're, only, we're where our max is 250 people where we only got like 10 or 12 seats left. So I'm so grateful that uh, we're able to, you know, fill that event. And, uh, but the concept there is team growth. This event is uh, it's all about the team members. The dentists are just there to pay for it and, uh, and to tell their teams, yes, I want to do that. And it's really about uh, getting team members together and, and share, sharing with them the vision of what dentistry can be and hearing from other practicing clinicians without a commercial message uh, that this is what we're doing and how we're doing and and to get a unified message. You know, too often when I when I would struggle is, it was that I'm really trying to grow my practice. I would take my team members to meetings because it's important to invest in your team. I would take them to meetings, but then the problem would be the messaging would be very different than what we were trying to do in our office or where we were trying to get to. So we want to try to present a unified message where everybody builds upon each other and, and the speakers are cohesive in their messaging. And that is it's non-commercial and it's about providing value and presenting, you know, presenting all that dentistry can be. And, and I, I believe dentistry is an amazing profession. You know, where else, you know, what other profession can you have a faucet that you can turn on and turn off 
to increase your revenue, to increase uh, or decrease how much you work. You know, we're, we're so blessed in this profession. And if we don't, if we don't protect our profession, our profession will look very different. Uh, and it's already starting to look different, whether that's good, whether that's bad, that's for our profession to decide. I'll, I'll go along for the ride. I'll find a way to thrive in whatever our profession turns into. But uh, we, we just we just need more opportunity to be around each other and to surround ourselves with like-minded, uh, you know, people that are in it to win it. And, and, and that's what I want to surround myself with is people that want to win at the game of dentistry so that they can win at the practice of life. And, and so that's, that's my game. That's my game and my goal. No doubt about it. And congratulations again on the meeting. I mean, that's fantastic. You're, you're almost completely sold out. Yeah. And I, I'm sure that's going to be an amazing event. No question. No question about it. So T-Bone, before, uh, before we run out of time here, talk to me a little bit about the curriculum, your, yeah. your standard curriculum at the 3D dentist. So there's a number of courses I, I understand you yeah. can take. <clears throat> sleep apnea and, and implants and tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. So, uh, so, uh, <laughs> we, we try to provide a lot of different education here. Okay. But our two core fundamental programs are our business mastermind, where we try to help people simplify their business so that they, you know, the slow down to speed up those four key tenants that we talked about. Uh, and we work with people in a group setting and one-on-one -on -one setting to accomplish that. So our business mastermind is without question, my favorite program, because I get to really dive in with people. And then our live patient implant training. And, and the reason the live patient implant training is so important is because it's near and dear to me. My real success in dentistry didn't start until 2008, when I added implant dentistry to my practice. You know, and I, and I joke about this, Implant dentistry was the gateway drug to understanding what dentistry could be for me. Uh, and, and so I want others to experience that uh, implant dentistry is in the purview of general dentists. Uh, and, and look, here's why I say all of this. In dental school, I passed out watching a tooth being taken out, much less doing it. I didn't take out any teeth for the first eight years in practice. And today, I'm doing full arch implant dentistry. And I didn't go from zero to hero overnight. It's been a 12-year a journey to get there. And so our live patient implant training program is a recreation of that journey. Now, I don't want it to take anybody 12 years to get there. If that's what it takes, that's what it takes. But I believe what took me 12 years, others can recreate in three to four years. And there is no better way to learn dental implants and to implement dental implants then through live patient education. And we're so fortunate that we no longer have to go overseas. We can do it right here in the United States of America, working on deserving patients in our own country and our own community. And, and that's, that's why, that's why uh, last year we started a nonprofit dental office where we provide world-class dentistry for the working class people. Uh, and, 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 and when people come to our training programs, they're supporting that nonprofit education. And then <clears throat> once I got into the gateway drug of dental implants, then for me, it was clear liners. It was orthodontics. It was sedation. It was all these other things that allowed me to really grow, to exponentially grow my practice. Because honestly, restorative dentistry, at least bread and butter restorative dentistry, it's, it's limiting. It's limiting in how much you can charge because it's insurance driven. It's limited in how much you can do because it's so dentist time focused 
and, and all of these other things that we teach are really the dentist plays a supervisory role. And even in implant dentistry, I'll argue the dentist can play a supervisory role in the implant. Like it takes me six minutes to place an implant uh, today, but there's so much more that goes on to it. And, and my joke with people is, is when you take our implant programs, you come to learn dental implants, but you leave with so much more. You leave with how to implement it in your practice, the business skills, you know, the case acceptance skills, the life skills, you know, all those things that allow you to accelerate uh, what you do uh, when you go back to your practice. And that's what I'm most proud of in what we do is, is honestly, you can learn so much clinical dentistry on YouTube these days, uh, but what you can't learn is, is that networking, that community, that leadership. There is no replacement for that online, none whatsoever. No matter how many Zooms you do, no matter how easy or amazing or fancy we make it, there is no replacement for live in-person education because it's not it's not the clinical education you get. It's everything else that matters the most with all of that stuff. And keep on your spot. You're spot on. I could I couldn't agree with you more. I couldn't agree with you more. Are you running these courses as a continuum or is it sort of a pick and choose type of scenario? Well, the uh, business mastermind is a continuum. It's it's multiple series. So we start with a six month. Uh, uh, your initial entry is a six month uh, program to see if we're a good fit for each other, uh, and then after that, it's year by year. Uh, and they and the, it goes to advanced mastermind and it's level one, level two, level three. Our implant program is also a continuum. It starts with what we call uh, tooth replacement therapy, which which is extraction grafting, followed by single tooth guided implantology, uh, and then it goes from there into uh, lateral and internal sinus lifts, into advanced bone grafting, overdentures and full arch fixed hybrid therapy, uh, all with live patients along the way. Our sleep apnea program, we have uh, two levels to our sleep apnea program. Uh, we have oral conscious sedation, uh, and then we have a clear liner therapy program, which I think is probably the most, most uh, missed opportunity for those that wanna do clear liners. Uh, the way I learned clear liners was you take an impression, you send it to XYZ company, they send you back a cartoon, and you do refinements until the patient or you give up is how I was learned. And then what I learned from taking our, taking our own clear liner class uh, from Dr. Matt Standridge was that there's so much in how you do the tooth setup and how you do your pre-planning and how you set expectations to patients to minimize the amount of time it takes and how often you have to see the patient and what cases you should and shouldn't be tackling and what auxiliary items attachments and 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 rubber bands and things like that that you should be adding to aligner cases to make them more predictable uh so yeah so it, it's a it's a it's a smorgasbord of opportunity but what's important is that the core fundamental philosophy is a dentist first there there are non-commercial messages where it's about the dentist and what helps your practice and what helps your team members grow along the way Amazing. Sounds like you got it all covered. So listen, Tiba, <laughs> listen, Tiba, last question. Um, you know, a lot of people look up to you, I'm sure. I know uh, as a mentor, you're, you've clearly got, you know, great vision and experience and, and wonderful things to say. Who are some of your mentors? Who, yeah. who where did you get this passion from? Well, uh, my number one mentor in life has been my dad. Uh, without question, uh, I wouldn't be uh, I wouldn't be where I'm at without him uh, and and our life experiences. Growing up, uh, you know, my dad was a dentist in India. 
He moved to the United States to be a dentist. He couldn't be a dentist once he got here uh, to buying a motel to make ends meet, to living in a motel, to being surrounded by that environment, to watching him build multiple small businesses, literally to put to put you know food on the table from our laundromat to our billboard business to to growing to 10 hotels, uh, watching that process, uh, to understanding the role that my mother played in that. Uh, one of the most important and fundamental things that she ever did was go back to be a teacher. And, you know, as a teacher in 1991 in rural North Carolina, her, her salary was $19,000 a year. Uh, and my dad says that was the most important $19,000 that was added to our family because he said we could live our family in $19,000. And that gave me the financial flexibility to take risks. And that's why I come back to that financial flexibility, because that $19,000 allowed us to live our life. And then my dad took the risks to build our business. You know, then, then dentally along the way, it's been lots of people, people like Paul Homley, people like Ross Nash, people like Bill Dickerson, people like Frank Spear, like John Coyce, uh, Bob Willis, so many people uh, that have that I've learned from. And then, you know, I consider the people that are, that are my that are my peers. Uh, like Samir, you know, people like that, they've been mentors to me because when you surround yourself with people that are doing it, they, they're doing certain things better than you. They're doing certain things slightly less worse than you, right? And, and so you learn along the way. So I wouldn't be where I'm at without all these people along the way, uh, but I owe a ton of debt and gratitude uh, to my parents and to my family uh, for without whom, uh, and, and to my dad's older brother who, who, who sponsored us to move to the United States and and helped us get our life started. Uh, that's been a, that's been an important thing for me. You know, uh, every every year or two, I try to help somebody get their life started as an immigrant to this country. Um, you know, by by helping them either get a loan or start a business. Uh, you know, because we wouldn't be where we're at as as a family without uh, his, you know, his 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 risk in us. Uh, so so family is without question the most important thing to me. Uh, and then understanding uh, that you can learn from everyone, uh, even people that economically are much less successful than me. They're more successful in in some part of life that I can learn from. Uh, so uh, I, I I have a lot of people to thank along the way for for whatever whatever success I have and don't have. Fascinating, uh, T-Bone. Really inspirational and. Uh... That's really good stuff. And, uh, you know, I wish that uh, I wish we had uh, all afternoon to talk, but we're out of time. Uh, we could go on and on with this. But uh, mm -hmm. before we go, could you share your contact information or how yeah. folks that are interested in, in 3D Dentist, how can they get a hold of you? Yeah, so uh, we have a website, believe it or not. Uh, it's www.3d-dentists.com. Uh, my email is dra at raleighdentalarts.com. And then you can find me on all social media channels uh, at T-Bone Speaks. So that's my handle on all the social media channels. Fantastic. T-Bone, I can't thank you enough for coming on. Really great stuff. Really appreciate you. George, thank you so much. And thank you to the AGD for allowing me to be on. Absolutely. And uh, also thank you to our producer, Kristen Gover, communications director for the AGD. And if you like what you've heard, please like and subscribe to our channel. You can always find us on the AGD app, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Apple Podcasts. And if you have any questions, concerns, comments, or suggestions, please contact us at news at agd.org. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.